Okay, amphibians are first uh, four-legged organisms on land. Uh, the uh, biggest problem they have, well, there are two problems. Uh, one is they reproduce only in water. Okay, amphibians have to return to the water. They lay their eggs in the water. The water protects the eggs, keeps them from drying out. Um, uh, and it's also the most convenient way to get sperm to the egg. The male simply dumps the sperm in the water around the eggs and they swim to the eggs. And, uh, and that's, uh, amphibians have been doing that. And in fact, uh, on these warmer days when you hear the frogs out there now, uh, that's about what they're getting ready to do here shortly, okay? Uh, the they'll, males and females will join up, she'll dump, drop eggs into the water and the male will fertilize them as that occurs, okay? But it is a problem because it means you cannot get, a, there are certain environments you can't go to. You don't find many amphibians in the desert, okay? There's a species of toad, but that, for the most part, not no open water for them for, for reproduction. Uh, and that, that becomes a problem. Um, their lungs are not very efficient. And so uh, most amphibians also use their skin as a respiratory organ. Okay, and we talked about that when we looked at the chytrid fungi, that that was what, one of the, the, the problems. Uh, and so uh, while they can be effective on land, and they can come out on land, and, and certainly uh, frogs do, and toads, and, and we have uh, an abundance of uh, uh, salamanders in Virginia. There are probably more salamanders, uh, species of salamanders in Virginia than any other state. Uh, and there, you can find them around here. Uh, not so common as they are out near the, in the mountains, but uh, they all have to return to water to reproduce, and that limits their uh, where they can live uh, somewhat. Now, um, so we have frogs, toads, salamander, and then cichlids are actually they look like snakes, but they're actually amphibians. Uh, of course, frogs you're well aware of. Uh, we have lots. These are all tropical, but we have lots of frogs around here. Several species of frogs. We have leopard frogs and uh, wood frogs and, uh, and of course, bull frogs, uh, which are mostly an introduced species for the most part. Um, toads, okay, toads, not as attractive as frogs, usually most people don't think so, but um, uh, they manage well. Salamanders, they can be very tiny, they can get quite large. Um, uh, I, I don't have time today, but I have a video on, on a salamander that's uh, lives in Virginia that gets to the slump. Okay, that's pretty, uh, you know, you don't usually find salamanders that big. Okay, uh, unfortunately they're quite endangered at this point. There's not a lot of them left. Um, but salamanders, again, uh, look like lizards, but they're not, okay? They still have the soft skin. They still breathe through their skin. They still need water. <laughs> And these are the cichlids. These are uh, actually amphibians, even though they uh, look like snakes. They have no legs. And generally, they're fairly small. They burrow in the ground. They eat hookworms and things like that. Okay. Now, we talked about earlier that amphibian species are declining um, rapidly. Uh, a third to half of all the known species are getting close to extinction. Uh, 150 species have gone extinct in just the last 30 years. A lot of this is a combination of habitat loss. Uh, there are certain species of uh, toads that live down in Costa Rica. They only live in a, a, a certain elevations, and by development, those places are gone, where they used to go to, to breed in pools and the ponds, and, and so the species disappears because their habitat's been 
taken away. They have nowhere to go. Um, there's also, of course, the fungal disease. Uh, that's a, an issue that we talked about. Pollution affects amphibians more so than others because their skin is so open to the environment. So pollutants in the water will have a, a much larger effect on them. Uh, the pet industry has been a problem. You can go into any pet store and you find frogs for sale. And some of them are tropical. Now, legally, they're supposed to be, uh, have to be captive raised frogs. They're not supposed to go out in the wild and catch them. It's illegal in most places. Not that that stops a lot of people, I, I think. But uh, so any frogs, or, and as far as that's the case, there are reptiles are supposed to be captive bred. Okay, they're not uh, supposed to come be caught in the wild. Uh, invasive species create problems, and of course, climate change is going to end up ultimately creating some issues for them as well. Okay. Uh, this is what some of the things that happen with the fungal infection. Besides killing them, there's also we get these developmental malformations. And then there's uh, introduced species like the cane toad that they put to Australia that's eating everything there. <laughs> Just about. They can't get rid of them. Uh, and they secrete poison, uh, toxin in their skin so that if uh, many animals that try to eat these are, are poisoned uh, and, and die, uh, cats, dogs, uh, other native species. Uh, they have places there, uh, I know I saw one video some time ago, uh, they have cane toad nights, I think it was around Darwin, Australia, where as many people as they can get, they go out and they just catch as many of these toads as they can and kill them all because there's just so many of them. They're such a threat to their environment. Okay. Uh, I still have a few more minutes. Okay, now, uh, to overcome the issues of having to return to the water, we needed a, a method of reproduction that did not require returning to the pond. That's what these animals developed. Uh, uh, reptiles, uh, or at least the ancestors of reptiles, did uh, a couple of things that got them able to stay on land for long periods of time without actually really having to go back to the water. So first of all, you have dehydration issues, just like the plants did. Plants had to worry about dehydrating, the plants had cuticles. Reptiles develop scaly, a tough scaly skin that it prevents water loss, okay? So that they don't have to drink so much water. Uh, the major thing is the amniote egg. Um, and that's what we're going to look at first here. Uh, okay, so uh, the amniote egg, and we'll look at the egg here first, contains a, a membrane here, and the embryo develops in this, and this is filled with fluid. In, in, in essence, they're still going back to the pond. It's just that they put the pond in, a, in an egg. And the egg has a shell around the outside of it. You can lay it on the ground or in a nest and the, uh, the uh, embryo can develop on land and rather than uh, going back to the water. Uh, part of this is for oxygen exchange, part of this is for some place to dump the waste product uh, that the developing embryo wants. There's also food in here, yolk. Uh, here, this is uh, food as part of the egg that was to nourish the embryo until it was ready to hatch. Uh, here's how you see some of it hatching right here. And mammals are no different, really, except that instead of laying eggs, we retain the egg internally, and we still have the same membranes. We have the amniotic uh, sac, which is filled with fluid, and 
and you were a waterborne creature until you were born, and you probably weren't happy about that. Uh, it was nice and warm and cushiony in there, and now all of a sudden you come out and it's cold. Uh, not, not a pleasant thing, but it's just the way we work. Um, so we have all the same membranes, we just retain them internally, the eggs internally, and that's unique to, the, to mammals. This, this is the, uh, serves as the uh, kidney, it's the elantoid. This is where the waste product would come from. So, uh, and then you have, so you have the amniotic sac here, you have the yolk sac here, you have the sac here. And, and we, we develop all those same structures. We, it's just that uh, we, we don't need them anymore because instead of, uh, you know, no yolk anymore, we still have a yolk sac, but, but it disappears because we just plug in the mom instead. Feed me. And the uh, developing fetus gets priority over mom in its part. That's just how that works. Okay. So this is the amniote. This is what allowed animals to break their dependence on open water for reproduction. Okay. You started with uh, the typical shelled egg that you used to. Most uh, reptiles' eggs are not hard like a chicken egg or a bird egg. They're actually leathery uh, and a little bit flexible, uh, but they work just fine. Uh, of course, birds lay eggs. Uh, actually, there's a mammal that lays eggs, which we'll get into next time. Uh, but that's pretty rare. Okay, among mammals. Uh, and so this was uh, the, a major advance for animals to be able to do that. Now, this brought with it another issue. Because the shell of the egg is put around the egg inside the female, it now required internal fertilization. You couldn't just dump sperm in the water and hope they swim their way to the eggs. Now you've got to place the sperm inside the female so that it can get to the, the egg before the shell is put on the egg. Okay, uh, And so that required internal fertilization, which then is a whole range of things then. You have development of, of the vagina, the penis, the behavioral things that go along with that. Species need to recognize that they're the same species. A lot of behavioral uh, mating uh, rituals uh, for, for animals. Uh, but it's certainly more effective because when you just dump the sperm in the water, you don't know if most of the sperm are ever going to find it. So these are the different uh, sacs. The amnion, this is the sac, fluid-filled sac around the embryo. Yolk sac is where the nutrients are. Chorion and the elantoid are gases, feeds, and waste storage. So you still have to do all those things for however long the embryo is in that egg. All the normal stuff still got to happen somewhere. Now, so we, we had scaly skin. This should really be amniotic first, then internal fertilization. And then our kidneys became much uh, more uh, efficient at conserving water on land. Because you, whatever water you did have, you didn't want to lose. You wanted to uh, conserve it as much as you can. Okay, so these are the kinds of adaptations to land. They're very similar to the kinds of adaptations plants had, just different because these are animals. There's a, a close-up look here. So this is a, a, a chicken egg here. This is 
the uh, inside the uterus here. So the Oak Sac number doesn't do anything anymore, but we developed this with the set, which is the connection between the mom and the uh, developing fetus. And there's no actual mixing of tissues or part of blood uh, during in that, not until birth. And at birth, when the placenta pulls out of the wall of the uterus, Remixing the blood, no way to avoid that. Normally, it's not a problem. Okay, so these are the, this is the current view on the amniotes. Um, okay, uh, the, the, the stem reptile. This is kind of the initial reptile, and developed into birds. Ichthyosaurs, of course, are uh, all extinct at this point. Uh, snakes, lizards. Ataras are a type of lizard that are found in uh, New Zealand. Um, we had the dinosaurs, which um, again have all disappeared, uh, crocodiles, turtles, and then ultimately this group would give rise to them. And, but birds are up here. Actually, birds are connected close, more closely to dinosaurs. That's why in uh, Jurassic Park, uh, we've got talks about you know, maybe you look at a chicken differently or a bird differently. You know, they are an their ancestors of the dinosaurs. Now, uh, today, reptiles is not a, uh, a what we call a monophyletic group. What that would mean is I have a single ancestor that gave rise to all the different uh, reptiles. Uh, but in fact, you noticed in the diagram, we have one group up here, another group here, another group. Uh, it just means multiple groupings within it. And these are the basic uh, uh, reptiles uh, that are um, recognized today, turtles, tuataras, snakes, and lizards, uh, which really go much together. And then the crocodilians, uh, which are, there's about four or five different species of Okay, now characteristics of reptiles. I don't like the term cold-blooded, but it's what we use. Um, it means that they, a, a better uh, term would be exothermic. They, they use their environment to regulate their body temperature. Uh, so uh, the other day, I was last week I had to go up to Richmond three different days. There's, there's a, somewhere on up here a ways, there's a little swampy area and there was a tree a log laying across. The sun was out, it was warm, it was nice, you know. Uh, there was wall-to-wall -wall turtles on that, on that uh, thing. Getting out of that cold water, getting themselves out in the sun, warming themselves up, because they have a limited ability to warm themselves internally. Uh, snakes are the same, uh, and that's a problem down in some of the southern, in some states. Uh, snakes at night will often be found on roads because the pavement's still warm. It's been absorbing the heat. It's still warm, and they're you know seeking the warmth. Um, interestingly, both have sexes have a cloaca. What this means is they do not have separate reproductive and urinary tracts. They have a single opening. Both of which, both of those, uh, empty into that single opening. Okay, um, so it does both of those. Females fertilize internally. Uh, that's pretty typical. And then eggs are typically laid on land, okay, in, in, in the reptiles. Scaly skin, we talked about that earlier. 
And I guess what we'll do is uh, stop here. These are the typical turtles around here. Uh, there's about four or five species of turtles that are pretty common in this area. Uh, there's, uh, there's the uh, red-eared sliders, yellow-eared sliders. There are uh, musk turtles, which really smell bad. Uh, there are uh, painted turtles. Uh, and of course, there's the good uh, old uh, snapper, uh, snapping turtles that get quite large. Because uh, once they get big enough, nobody, other than humans, nobody messes with them. Uh, and you'll notice the snapping turtles can't pull themselves all back into their shell like some of these others can. They have no need to. Uh, it's not what, what they do. And of course, then we have also the, the diamondback terrapins, which are uh, considered a protected species around here. Okay, we'll pick up here uh, next time. We'll finish up the animals and uh, go from there. Yes, some pretty large ones in our house. Yeah.